Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Pursuit of Truth podcast. My name is Will. I'm your host. Today's date is May 4th, 2021. And this is going to be episode 38. It's going to be called Don't Hold Your Breath and Waiting for Arizona. She'll be coming around the mountain when she comes. So, a couple things before we start. Uh, Number one, it's so hard to find a reliable barber these days. It is, it's difficult. It's really a hard thing. There are a lot of good barbers with skill, know how to cut, but they're not reliable, and that's pathetic to me. Uh, the best, the best availability, excuse me, the best ability is availability. Now, my first, my my barber that's been cutting my hair since I was about sixteen. He actually moved to Texas. I guess he got a job in Texas. He he had been being a barber and uh, working for the state at the same time. So he cut my hair for a while and he he uh i guess he found another job in texas and so now he moved to texas i don't think he's gotten anybody's hair over there right now he's he might just be like waiting for clients and advertising and things like that that's cool good for him so it's all those too bad because my hair my hair but hey and then i actually tried this new guy um my a friend of mine he's been cutting a friend of mine's hair since he was a little kid and I've been. I tried the guy. I went to him one time. He's a. He's good at cutting hair. It's just that I texted him on like Thursday about cutting my hair on Tuesday, and today is Tuesday, and he hasn't texted me back. So that's pathetic in my opinion. Um, that's a couple days. That's more than three days. That's pathetic in my opinion. And I've just been shopping around. And I'm going to see, because somebody out there is reliable and wants my money. Somebody does, okay? Somebody out there is non-complacent and wants to cut hair. So, I'll find them. If any of you have suggestions, go ahead and email me at PursuitOfTruthCast at gmail.com. Secondly, I can't stand the heat. Now, I was uh, setting up to go ahead and start doing my podcast today, and I had the fan on, and I was checking the sound, and... I was, you know, doing play tests and everything like that, and I could hear the fan. So I'm sitting here. I'm gonna be, so just bear bear with me. I'm gonna be sitting here in a pool of my own sweat, okay. And uh, another thing I hate about spring and summer is all these stupid bugs are flying around everywhere. So it's like you can't even go outside and enjoy because all these bugs are all, all over the place, and it's hot. I don't know why people like summer. If you like summer, I hope you melt, okay. Anyways, now. We're going to go ahead and get into our news for today. So, starting off with our economic news. So, the inflation is actually going to pick up soon, and people around the country are going to start to notice this. So, we left the gold standard in the 1970s, and the central bank slash Federal Reserve started to print money like crazy, leading to inflation of the currency. Now, a variety of economic, political, and global pressures in the 1960s and 70s pressured President Richard Nixon to abandon the gold standard once and for all by 1971. And since then, major currencies like the U.S. dollar has been traded freely on the global exchanges, and their relative value, meaning the, the dollar, is determined by market forces. At the time, gold was valued at $35 an ounce uh, before we left the gold standard. And so the foreign powers who control the central bank and the corrupt politicians wanted us to leave the gold standard and print a wave of more paper currency in order to gain more power and control. See, tyrants don't gain control overnight. These these people they played the long game. They could have done this quickly. Excuse me. They couldn't. Have, they could not have done this quickly. 
like the first two uh, two United States central banks or the bus bank in the United States. I, from here on out, I'm going to call them the bus. When I say the bus, I mean Bank of the United States. Um, so they couldn't have done this quickly or the people would have caught on. Remember the first bus? It, it actually expired by a few votes short for renewal. So it went to Congress and Jefferson was arguing against it and everything. And then you had proponents and things like that. Um, Anthony, people like Anthony Hamilton were proponents of the bank and things like that. People like Jefferson, Jefferson, you have Jeffersonian democracy and things like that. They were against it. And so they had a vote in Congress and it fell short by a couple votes. I think it might've been one vote. Um, and it expired because it didn't get enough votes in order to be renewed. The second bus was killed by president Andrew Jackson, one of my favorite presidents, Stonewall Jackson. Now remember president Jackson on his deathbed, he said, I killed the bank. I, Talked about that in episode 13. Now, former President Donald Trump is actually among many people calling for a return to the gold standard because the standard keeps the central bank spending and inflation in check. Now, after World War II, the leading Western powers adopted a new international monetary system that made the United States dollar the world's reserve currency. The system was called the International Monetary Fund, the IMF was founded on July of 1944 at the International Monetary and Financial Conference in New Hampshire. The IMS is currently based in Washington, D.C. The IMS purpose, purpose, as they say, is to promote international monetary cooperation. The IMF is in D.C., but it's not accountable to the American people. It only answers to its 190-member body. This screams foreign influence over American money because the American dollar is the world's world's reserve currency. And so another thing you notice is that why is the United Nations headquarters in New York? Hmm. I'll talk about that in a later episode. Now, you have to remember that the Federal Reserve is a private bank and it's a branch of the central bank and it's owned by private investors. And these investors are mostly British and European bankers. Amschel Rothschild, one of the people who has, whose family has stakes in the Federal Reserve and Central Bank, Amschel Rothschild. The Rothschilds are a big name, like Chase and Rockefeller and people like that. Amschel Rothschild said, Give me control of a nation's money, and I care not who makes the laws. Now, the Central Bank and the corrupt politicians, they wanted to use the COVID pandemic to cover up their spending so that, they could, so that they could tell us the economy was imploding because of a certain person that they did not like. And I'm sure that you know who that is. Now, they also wanted a, a war to help cover this up. Right when Trump came into office, Obama told Trump that North Korea was his biggest problem and we were on track for going to war. Trump was even on record saying that we were about to have a war with North Korea. Now, this war with North Korea was actually negated by the Trump administration making peace with North Korea. Trump actually stepped into the neutral zone with Kim Jong-un, and uh, Trump, Trump actually threatened to destroy North Korea at a United Nations speech in 2017. If you remember his first speech at the United Nations, talking about we might totally destroy North Korea if they don't stop testing missiles. And you can actually look at video of that Trump going into the neutral zone of North Korea. That's crazy. That was really crazy going into the neutral. He's the first president to ever do that. Now, Japan and Korea also confirmed that North Korea started stopped testing missiles for a little while. 
That's Japan and North Korea. They confirm that. So that COVID pandemic would be used to cover up the economic inflation and it was negated by the development of a vaccine. So because the vaccine was made, countries can open up and people will be able to see the private central bank, what the private central bank is doing with the money uh, and they'll see inflation. People are going to see the truth. So, but you know, Speaking of this inflation, this inflation is going to be hidden from you at first. At first, so what you're going to see is that you'll see them shrink products, and they're going to remodel their packaging containers to make you think that you're getting the same amount as before. But they won't be able to shrink stuff forever, and people are going to start to ask questions. So, during Joe Biden's first 100 days, the Big tech companies became increasingly wealthy. The CEOs of these countries added $195 billion, with a B, to their net worth. People like Larry Ellison, Steve Ballmer, Jeff Bezos, Bill Gates, and more. The Biden administration launched a food program aid, food aid program for millions of Americans. And he's doing this without Congress. He knows Congress might not approve of this. So, why would Biden be launching a food aid program? If the economy is going to be great, why would Biden do that if he's going to create all these new jobs? Why would he expand food stamps? See, these people want everyone to be dependent on the government when the economy implodes on itself. When you're dependent on the government, they can control you. And that is their main plan to make everybody dependent on the government. Because in socialist countries, in China, Everyone is dependent on the government. Soviet Russia, Venezuela. It's the same thing. Socialism leads to communism, and it's pretty much the same thing. It makes everyone dependent on the government. Think about it. Think about it. The the American economy was doing great. They needed a way to make this a socialist country. So what do they do? Introduce a fake pandemic, make everybody stay home, killing businesses, small businesses, and things like that. While their friends at Walmart and Target and Amazon do well because they can, they'll do fine through this. They'll be okay. So they send you home and you're sitting at home and they pay you to stay home. And some people are making more money sitting at home than they were going to their restaurant job or things like that. And then they put your kids in Zoom school and they have these control measures in schools and things like that. I was actually talking to. Uh, a friend of mine, uh, Tommy, I was talking to his son. I'm not going to say his son's name because his son is a minor. Um, but I was talking to Tommy's son. Hello, Tommy. Hope you're doing well. Uh, I was talking to Tommy's son. And here are a couple things that Tommy's son, because he's he's 15. Uh, and he's in high school. He's in 15. I think he's in the ninth or 10th grade. And here's some of the things that he told me. Now, he said that schools won't let parents inside the school. Now, I think that this is because they don't want the parents to see what's happening. That's what I think. Now, if I was a parent, we'd have a problem. If, if, I, if I was a parent and I wanted to go into the school and they didn't let me in, oh, oh, that school would have a problem. We would have a serious problem. That school, would they would know me. But I don't have any children, so lucky them and lucky me. So I was also told that the staff, some staff, certain staff and the principal walk around with no mask on, 
making sure that students wear masks. Now, that is where if I was a, if I was in high school, that is where I would get thrown out of school right there. No, 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 no. I would tell them, I'm not putting it on until you put it on. It's, I told him you're a hypocrite. That's what I would tell him. But hey, uh, there's a reason that God doesn't have me in that position. There's a reason why he has me going to work every day instead of sitting there as a uh, young teenager in these schools. He timed it perfectly. Now, a young man was walking on the track at school during PE without anyone within 50 feet of him. And the other kids were telling him to put his mask back on. Now, I'm not, I'm not, it's not the children's fault. It's not the, you know, the people that were telling him to put their mat, put his mask back on. I don't blame them. I blame these politicians and the media for pushing this fake pandemic. If you don't believe me, go back and listen to my episode uh, where I debunked the COVID pandemic. I, I, that's, that's what I blame. That, that's who I blame. Okay. Now, he said that the young man, uh, Tommy's son, told me that the school is only cleaning the chairs. He said that when he comes back to school the next day, or the next time he comes back to school, because sometimes some, sometimes the kids go to school two days a week or three days a week, it, it's, it's a mess. It's really a stupid mess. Now, he said that the next time he comes back to school, he can see his handprint from two days ago on the rails where he walked before. It's ridiculous. Now, he was actually walking on the grass to maintain distance from other kids that were walking on the sidewalk. And this is at school. And he was eating as he was walking. And the other kids were telling him to put his mask back on. He was eating. He was eating. And again, I don't blame... I don't blame the children. I blame the media and the government because children are gullible. Honestly, let's be honest here. Children are pretty much stupid. You're pretty much dumb until you're about, oh, 21, 22, 23. Well, some kids are still stupid. Well, I, I actually kind of figured it out at 21. That's when I figured it out. But you're pretty much, most people are still stupid until they're like 25, 26, 27. So I'm 25. So um, I guess you can say I just became not stupid. So, hey, there's that. Now, moving on here, Turkey had added cryptocurrency firms to their list of on money laundering and terror financing rules. So, what this means is that all cryptocurrency firms will be deemed as money launderers and they will go under the terror financing rule. So, they'll treat them as terrorists. In March of 2019, according to Bloomberg and Reuters and other outlets, there were banks caught up in a Russia money laundering scandal. Hmm. So, pretty much these banks that fund these governments who call cryptocurrency firms money launderers and put them under the terror financing rule, pretty much the, the banks that fund these countries, these banks got caught in a Russia money laundering scandal. These are banks like Danske Bank, which is the largest bank of, in Denmark. These are banks uh, like Germany's largest banks. Look this stuff up. These banks were complicit in the scandal and they were actually fined for it. Now, isn't this hypocritical? It's really hypocritical. See, they don't like it because cryptocurrency isn't controlled by one institution. You got to remember, 
they want total control. So they said that cryptocurrency, cryptocurrency, which is decentralized, was used for money laundering and that it's bad while all these banks that are connected to the private central bank in London and the Federal Reserve, they launder money. Remember, according to a former CIA director, cryptocurrency is used for less criminal activity than fiat currency. Cryptocurrency's rate of criminal use is 1% and decreasing. The American dollar, that criminal activity percentage rate is 2 to 4%. So, crypto, cryptocurrency, gold, and silver will move up and you'll be able to see how worthless your fiat currency is becoming. Remember, the the Weimar Republic in Germany, people actually had to bring wheelbarrows of cash in order to buy coffee. And it got so bad that people had to heat their homes sometimes by burning that worthless cash. Remember, I told you about Venezuela, how they have to weigh their money Instead of counting it because it's so worthless. Why? Because they printed so much. You see the stimulus and everything. And that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to destroy the economy. To make us all dependent on the government. That's what's happening. That is what's happening. But people don't care. Like I told you. They just want a dollar. Now. Warren Buffett is the CEO of Berkshire Hathaway, and a gentleman named Charlie Munger is the vice chairman of said company, Berkshire Hathaway. Now, Charlie Munger, he hates Bitcoin. He said, quote, I don't welcome a currency that's so useful to kidnap kidnappers and extortionists and so forth. I think the whole development is disgusting and contrary to the interest of the civilization, unquote. Well, you know what I hate? I hate it when a private bank is allowed to just print unbacked money out of thin air and loan it to governments around the world with impunity. In 1913, the president of the uh, Federal Reserve was created to do this. There were two banks that did this before. Like I talked about, like I talked about the first bank in the United States, the second bus. And in 1971, they removed the gold standard and printed currency that wasn't tied to anything. They try to say that our fiat currency today is backed by oil, by oil. And that's, that's a pathetic lie. That's a pathetic lie. Now, cryptocurrency can't be handled this way because there's a limited amount of cryptocurrency that can be mined, just like gold and silver. There are There is a finite amount of gold and silver on the planet. There is a finite amount of cryptocurrency that can be mined. Now, a advisor to Joe Biden named Cecilia Rouse was interviewed and said that Americans will experience some inflation. Now, it's actually going to be a lot of inflation. Look at all the stimulus. If inflation is going to be minor, then why did oil go from $37 a barrel to $63 a barrel? That's a 70% increase. Lumber has gone from 500 to 1500. That's a 300% increase. Copper has gone from $3.10 to $4.50. That's a 45% move. Now, soon, you'll be able to see things like sheets and the toilet paper pack shrink. Products will weigh less in ounces than before. It's going to be hard to hide the prices of things like eggs, bread, and meat. And frankly, those things are just going to soar. It's just going to be incredible. You're going you're gonna to look at these 
these eggs and meat and bread, you're gonna be like, wow, that is so expensive. And people are going to notice that stuff right away. So let's move on to our geopolitical news here. So the mainstream media is doing its best to either not talk about the Arizona election audit or disparage it, really. If certain things happen that go against the mainstream media's narrative, you can expect them to come and cover it up. The mainstream media's job is to call people conspiracy theorists, and I think other states will begin audits as well. So big tech and mainstream media are actually going to censor people to silence them. We've seen this before. Now, the media might cite a certain solar storm hitting the earth, causing blackouts. Now, you can look that up, a solar storm. I talked about that briefly in a past episode. Now, when, this information, when, when certain, if certain information comes out that they don't like, they're going to talk about, they're going to censor people. And if a whole host of information comes out, they might talk about a solar storm hitting the earth, causing blackouts. Hmm, just a, just a thought. Now, the Arizona GOP leader, Kelly Ward, she claimed that the Democrat Secretary of State, Katie Hobbs, is sneaking operatives into the Maricopa County uh, audit, according to the Gateway Pundit. Now, according to the Epic Times, the Maricopa Superior Court leaked security plans that protected the audit from attacks by Antifa and the Carnival. Now, look, there was actually a Carnival set up right next to where the audit is taking place. And ABC 15 has an article... And it was retweeted by the Secretary of State Katie Hobbs herself, the Democrat. And Hobbs was saying that she herself got people into the audit. So there's actually a tweet here by the uh, by Katie Hobbs. It says, "As long as this hashtag frauded continues, I'll keep working to bring expertise and transparency." to the process and hold cyber ninjas accountable. Now she tweeted that herself and this was actually uh, retweeted by a Twitter account called Maricopa Arizona audit. And uh, they say you at Katie Hobbs might be held accountable for having your election expert Ryan Macias impersonate a reporter and try to sneak past security to get on the ballot floor. More to come. How about that? So the Secretary of State of Arizona. Was. Sneaking people. Into the election audit floor. Now. Why would she do that? If the election. Is transparent. And free and fair. Why not. Allow people to audit it. So that you can show them. See. It was free and fair the entire time. Why not? What What do you have to hide? Hmm. Makes you wonder. So, in New Hampshire, a, an official receives death threats over the upcoming machine and ballot audit. Now, you don't get you don't get death threats over saying I'm about to donate to charity. <laughs> you don't get death threats for something you're about to for something that everyone thinks is good. Now, there is something that they don't want people to see. 
And I'm thinking that you can guess what it is. If people are getting death threats and Antifa's booking hotels and a lot of these lawyers are coming to fight the audit. What's what's going on here? Now you're trying to cover something up. Now I'm interested. So. Moving on to the gentleman himself, who is the pinnacle of decency and the pinnacle of manhood. The pinnacle of honesty and decency. His, his name is Hunter Biden. Now, Joe Biden said that during his campaign that his family wouldn't have any international business dealings. But Hunter Biden actually still owns a stake in a Chinese firm that is linked to China's central bank 100 days into his father's presidency. The New York Post, Yahoo, and The Sun, among other outlets, reported this. Now, why isn't CNN or Fox News talking about this? Why is this not front page news? Why not? It's because they're both owned by China. Now, according to the National Review, White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki dodged the question about Hunter Biden saying he's working to unwind the investment prior administration. The third third more meeting question, if I could just follow up on a quote from the president in December. Uh, He said, uh, quote, uh, my son, my family will not be involved in any businesses, any business, any enterprise that is in conflict with or appears to be in conflict with where there's appropriate distance from the presidency and government. Uh, Just recently, there were reports that the president's son still owns a 10% stake in a Chinese investment firm formed with state-owned entities. Uh, Do you have an update on the divestment uh, from that investment? Uh, he has been working to unwind his investment, but I would certainly uh, point you, he's a private citizen, I would point you to him or his uh, lawyers on the outside on, on any update. Now, I'm listening to this and I'm saying to myself, shouldn't he have unwound that investment a long time ago? It's been 100 days into his father's, into his father's presidency. Why hasn't Hunter removed himself yet? No, I've never done business in China, but I don't think it takes a hundred years. I mean, a hundred days. Um, hey, and he's been in there longer than a hundred days because he's been having business deals in China ever since Joe Biden was uh, vice president in 2015. The New York Post talks about it. Go listen to "By Order of the CCP" and "By Order of the CCP Part 2. I talk about this stuff in that episode. Those two episodes. Now, let's move on to a. Next person we'll talk about here. It's Rudy Rudy Giuliani. So you know that the feds were, they raided his apartment and things like that and looked looked into his emails and social media and things like that. Uh, And we know that the FBI has been abusing NSA databases to engage in warrantless searches. And a federal court actually, a federal court recently approved of the FBI's continued use of warrantless surveillance systems power despite repeated violations of privacy rules according to the washington post now i have an article here from the new york post that talks about how the new york times the washington post and nbc were forced to retract false claims about rudy giuliani it says the new york post here says from uh may 1st it says the New York Post, Washington, Washington, excuse me, the New York Times, Washington Post, and NBC News all issued retractions Saturday for their coverage of Rudy Giuliani following raids of his Manhattan apartment by the FBI. The Times 
appended their correction to a story about the role Giuliani may have played in the 2019 recall of Ambassador Marie Yovanovitch and whether he received a warning from the FBI about Russian disinformation. I have a quote here from the Times that says, quote, an earlier version of this article misstated whether Rudolph Giuliani received a formal warning about from the FBI about Russian disinformation. Mr. Giuliani did not receive such a so-called defensive briefing, unquote. The Times wrote that on Saturday in a note attached to the piece. The Washington Post correction on a story about prominent Americans being targeted by Russian disinformation was similar. Saying, quote, from the Washington Post, it says, an earlier version of the story published Thursday incorrectly reported that one American news was warned by the FBI that it was the target of Russian of a Russian influence operation, unquote. And so, but of course, um, of course, uh, when the mainstream media will report something uh, and they'll report it loud, they'll blow the bullhorn on it and report it loud and wide and tell everybody, oh, this person's doing this and that. And people believe that stuff. And then uh, in the fine print in an article, like a week later, they say, oh, we weren't telling the truth. And the thing is that most people get their news from the mainstream media, the lame stream media, because they're just there to lie to you. So moving on to the United States, Mexico border. So Stephen Miller, who was a former senior advisor to President Donald Trump, he's partnering, partnering with the state of Texas to sue the Biden administration for the catch and release policies that violate the CDC's own COVID rules. So there's that. So the USPS, let's move on to the USPS. The USPS has been spying on American citizens with the use of its ICOP, I-C-O-P system. Now, Representative Matt Gates of Florida introduced legislation to defund the arm of the USPS that spies on American citizens online. Like they look at your social media and things like that and what you post. And they sometimes send that information to other government agencies. And so... My question here was like, since the USPS looks at all this stuff on your social media and all this stuff, like my question is, does the USPS have a warrant for this? This is a violation of the Fourth Amendment. Now, Twitter's stock actually plunged by 15%. People are leaving Twitter. People are tired of censorship and how boring Twitter has become. Now, I told you that this is the end of social media as we know it. I told you. I told you that before. And so one thing you notice is that I notice when I, I, I look at stuff, and people are actually getting kind of bored of Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. People are getting kind of bored. Some I, I've seen I've seen a little bit, a little bit of a wave, a small wave. It's a small ripple in a pool of, of things. But you notice people are getting tired of it. I actually got tired of social media a couple years ago. And I haven't used, I haven't been a active participant on social media in over a year because i just don't care and the truth just doesn't matter on social media and we know that the government was working with social media companies to censor remember i talked about the 500 page report uh that was received by judicial watch that was from the secretary of state of california's office and remember that trump is also making his own platform soon so it's 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 all kind of coming together here people are leaving twitter Trump talking about how he's going to make his own platform. Um, You have the Department of Defense activating IP addresses that were dormant for some time. Hmm. It's kind of like it's 
coming together here. Like, what's going on? At least you, at least you ask the question, what's going on? So, Iran. Moving on to Iran. The United States and the United Kingdom, uh, Britain, pretty much the UK, are saying that they will pay Iran billions of dollars for the release of prisoners. Now, this is actually a way for governments to funnel money to Iran instead of making ridiculous deals like the Iran nuclear deal signed by President Obama that sent Iran billions of dollars in cash. And of course, both countries are denying it. Of course, the Secretary of State is denying Of course, the, uh, not the Secretary of State, but of course, the United States State Department and the United Kingdom Foreign Affairs are denying this. So who's lying? Who is lying about this? Is the media lying? Or is the U.S. State Department and the U.K. lying about this? Who's lying? I, I think the United States State Department is lying, honestly. So, remember, John Kerry was having discussions with Iran in which he gave them classified information about Israel. And he probably talked about more than that. That is treason. To give the enemy classified information, that's treason. That is treason. And you know what the punishment for treason is? Now, if you look throughout the pages of history, Thomas Jefferson actually shot a man at the White House and killed him for treason. Now, I wonder why all this stuff is coming out now. Hmm. I wonder why now. With the audit, you have the audit going on and social media coming down and we're finding all this stuff out about John Kerry. Now, John Kerry was actually invested in, he was actually invested in a bunch of oil companies like Valero, and he was actually flying around in a private jet. Kerry actually sold off those investments and became the special on, special climate envoy, envoy for the Biden administration. So now he's promoting green energy and saying that we only have nine years left. You can read an article, he said, we only have like nine years left, like climate, climate emergency and that mess. You already know how I feel. You can't stop a hurricane. How are you going to change the weather? Now, more on a little bit of social media. So, Twitter had actually censored a peer-reviewed mask study. Now, the peer-reviewed was done to see if masks work or not. So, you have a gentleman by the name of Prashant Bhushan. It's spelled P-R-A-S-H-A-N-T. Bhushan, B-H-U-S-H-A-N. He is an advocate on record for the Supreme Court of India, and he put a post on Twitter that recommended reading a peer-reviewed study demonstrating that masks are ineffective and can cause substantial adverse physiological and psychological effects. Hmm. Twitter removed the tweet, citing a violation of Twitter rules. I wonder why. The study suggests that my mechanically restricting breathing Wearing a face mask may lead to a low level of oxygen in the blood, which is hypoxemia, along with excessive carbon dioxide in your bloodstream. Hypercapnia. That's hypercapnia. Which may, in turn, lead to numerous long-term health effects. YouTube also removed a video that featured a scientific roundtable on COVID because a Harvard, a Harvard professor warned that children should not wear face masks. Max. A legal case has been launched in the UK calling for schools to stop requiring children to wear masks in school due to their harm to harm of physiological effects on health and development. 
in Wellheim, Germany, a district court concluded that the mask requirement in schools is unconstitutional and void, immediately removing the order on school premises. Now, this study was done by a gentleman named Baruch Van Schelboim. I will spell the name for you. His name is spelled Baruch. It's spelled B-A-R-U-C-H. Van Schelboim is spelled V-A-N-S-H-E-L-B-O-I-M. He is a veteran. He's with the Veterans Affair Palo Alto Healthcare System at Stanford University. And they found that Face masks don't stop any virus and that the symptoms are of the COVID is similar to those of seasonal influenza. Hmm. I wonder about that. Now, they found that COVID has a case fatality rate of 0.1%. COVID participate, um, excuse me, COVID particles are about 1,000 times smaller than the diameter of the holes in the cloth mask. 1,000 times smaller. Now, the particles can easily pass through. Why is social media censoring this? Why is social media going on with the government? Hello, corporate fascism. I hope you're doing well today. Welcome to America. And remember in the beginning when Anthony Fauci said not to wear face masks? People, get this, get this. When you look around, you go to the store, you go to work or school and things like that, you notice people aren't even using the same type of masks anyway. Now, there are dollar store masks. You can get them from the dollar store. There are bandanas. There are surgical masks. There are homemade masks. And sometimes people tie shirts around their face. I've done it before. And have these things been tested? Have they tested bandanas and shirts and surgical masks and homemade masks? Have they tested these things? I don't think so. Now, the thing is that they don't want the fear to go away. They want you to be afraid. Just like James O'Keefe found, Project Veritas found, that CNN had been pushing fear by keeping the COVID numbers on the screen. We know this. And CNN also said that they needed to publish information about Representative Matt Gates because he's a problem for the Democrat Party. California is, a, is, is now, moving on. So California is actually allowing violent recidivists to be released from prison. Now, there are about 76,000 criminals to be released in total. And you know how many of them are convicted of violent crimes? 63,000. 63,000 of them. 63 out of 76. So that means 13 out of out of 76,000, 13,000 are not violent criminals. <laughs> you know, and then they're trying to take the guns away. Come on, folks. This is like this is like it's like they're trying to it's like a this is like a communist takeover here. Okay? So, Newsmax actually published an article uh about the United States taking military action against in the Pacific against China. So, this article here from Newsmax says uh, activity by U.S. military ships and surveillance planes directed towards China has increased specific, significantly under Joe Biden's administration. And this is from a spokesperson for the Chinese Defense Ministry. He said this on Thursday. As an example, Wu Qian said the Navy destroyer, the USS Mustin, has recently 
conducted close in close in observation of the Chinese aircraft carrier Liaoning and its battle group. That had seriously interfered. That has seriously interfered with the Chinese side's training activities and seriously threatened the safety of navigation and personnel on both sides. The ship had been warned to leave, and a formal protest filed with the, was filed with the United States. Activity by U, United States military ships was up twenty percent, and planes by forty percent in areas China claimed since Biden took office in January. Over the same period. Last year, sorry, this the English in this article ain't great, and it's from Newsmax. So since it increased, so the activity increased twenty percent by ships and forty percent by planes, and that's up from the last year. I have a quote from Wu. He says the United States frequently dispatches ships and planes to operate in the seas and airspace near China, promoting regional militarization and threatening global regional excuse me regional peace and stability. Unquote. China routinely objects to United States military presence in the South China Sea, which it claims virtually in, in, in its entirety, as well as the passage of Navy ships through Taiwan, through the Taiwan Strait. The country recently marked the 20th anniversary of the collision between a U.S. surveillance plane and a Chinese Navy fighter near the Chinese island province of Hainan that resulted in the Chinese pilot's death. He was called a hero who sacrificed himself for the defense of the motherland. The United States says its plane was in international airspace and the accident was a result of reckless flying by the Chinese side. Wu also blasted moves to moves of be, uh, to beefing up monitoring of Chinese aircraft movements by Taiwan. So Taiwan's uh, monitoring these aircrafts now. They're beefing it up. The self-governing... Uh, sorry, this this English is not good. Sorry. And this is this is a Newsmax article and this English is awful. So I'm, I'm, I'm actually going to... I'm actually gonna be done with that article there because the English is just—it's just—it's—it's—it's it's, it's ridiculous. It's the English there is incorrigible. So now there's also uh, I have an article here from MSN that shows us that the federal government had actually uh, the feds—they actually planned to indict Derek Chauvin if he was acquitted. Now I'm gonna play a soundbite here by. Uh, Tim Pool here, uh, but in the trial, it was actually revealed that Officer Chauvin did not have his knee on Floyd's neck for nine minutes, but he actually moved his knee intermittently between Floyd's back and neck, and that is from the trial. Don't shoot the messenger. That's from the trial. So, I have an article here from the Star Tribune, and article, uh, excuse me, author of this article, Annie Mannix, uh, it's about five days ago. They say, from Minneapolis. Leading up to Derek Chauvin's murder trial, Justice Department officials had spent months gathering evidence to indict the ex-Minneapolis police officer on federal police brutality charges, but they feared the public frenzy could disrupt the state's case. So, they came up with a contingency plan. If Chauvin were found not guilty on all counts or the case ended in a mistrial, they would arrest him at the courthouse, according to sources familiar with the planning discussions. The backup plan would not be necessary. On April 20th, the, ju the jury found Chauvin guilty on all three murder and manslaughter counts, sending him to the state's most secure lockdown facility to await sentencing and avoiding riots many feared could involve, engulf the city once again. Now, with Chauvin's state trial out of the way, federal prosecutors are moving forward with their case. They plan to ask a grand jury to indict Chauvin and 
the other three ex-officers in, in, involved in the George Floyd killing. Their names are Alexander Quang, uh, Thomas Lane, and Tu Thao. And they want to indict them on charges of civil rights violation. If, a, if the grand jury votes to indict, the former officers will face new civil rights charges on top of the state's cases, meaning all four could be headed toward yet another criminal trial in federal court. The backup arrest strategy and meticulous planning over the timing of the charges illustrates the complicated synchronicity of two parallel investigations into the most high-profile case of police brutality in decades. Over the better part of the last year, as Special Prosecutor Keith Ellison's team pursued murder and manslaughter charges, federal authorities have been mounting their own case in private before a grand jury. A group of 23 citizens who meet in secret to hear evidence and ultimately decide if there's probable probable cause to charge. So, this is this is insane here because say that say say, say let, let, let's go on here. Let's go hypothetical. Say that Derek Chauvin was acquitted of the manslaughter charges and things like that now we all know that black lives matter are gonna loot and shoot okay we all know that's what black folks that's what us black folks do best we loot and shoot i told you i like basketball because stealing and shooting and shooting and stealing is legal in basketball that's why i play it as a black man and so you got to think about this this is crazy here because you have if he was if derek chauvin was acquitted the federal government was going to arrest him at the courthouse that is that's scary that is scary, and that's because uh, it's scary because not in it is kind of scary in that case if you're the officer, but it's scary that if if you or I are uh, uh, you know we are charged with something and we go to court and we get off the higher authorities, be it the city, state, federal level, they can come in with their police and arrest me and bring me up on charges and try to indict me. That is crazy, you know. So you just this is that is my goodness that's like communism you know that's what that's what happens in communist countries but um yeah thank you all so much for listening i know i went you know about 48 minutes on this so but um i just have so much information i like to give you the most information that i can give because i know some people some people actually really enjoy listening to me and i appreciate you um but yeah thank you so much for listening um, I hope you have a great rest of your day. Um, be well, be safe, be prepared for anything. I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful to be alive, and I'm thankful that God sent his son. Um, be prepared for anything, like I said, and I will see you tomorrow on Wednesday. You gotta love, you gotta love it. I just wanna chill and twist a lot. Catch stunts in my 745. You drive me crazy, shorty. I need to see you and feel you next to me. I provide everything you need and I like your smile. I don't want to see you cry. Got some questions that I gotta ask and I hope you can come up with the answers, baby. Girl, it's easy to love me now. But you love me if I was down and out. But you still have love for me, girl. It's easy to love me now.